Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market, and we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, AJ and Vincent chat with Brooke Chapman, Executive Director of Nine Boxes. She talks about how understanding customers and building a meaningful relationship will help marketers plan a pathway to picking a marketing channel. AJ wins the Texas Under 40 Championships for tennis, and Vincent runs into actors at the park. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products here at Starista and still General Manager. I used to be interim, but I made myself General Manager. That's what you got to do sometimes. You just got to, something's out there, you just got to take it, whether they give you that title or not. It is so good to be back here. Ladies and gentlemen, a couple great things about this upcoming episode. This is the first time we're talking to someone physically in Australia. Physically in Australia. We have a lot of Australian listeners, people from Australia and listening to us. You know, we're mainly US based. We appreciate all the listeners. But yeah, someone actually, they woke up early. They're coming from the future. We'll get to her in a moment. Let's pause really quick, talk about Starista. Who are we? If you're just listening to the podcast, this is the Marketing Stir by Starista. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business to business data, business to consumer data. We help companies utilize that data through our various technologies. We have our own technology, our own ESP, our own DSP to help push that out. Display, email, connected TV, email me at vincent at strista.com. We can help. That is how confident I am. I just gave you my email address and boy, do people use it. Not always for the reason I intended for, but hey, that is what happens when you have so many listeners. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to introduce our co-host. You know him. He is in a secret war room today. The Game of Thrones room, as we call it, in San Antonio headquarters. Our fearless leader here at Starista, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. It is true. Our first recording from this beautiful conference room. We call it the War Room. And it's got mostly Game of Thrones stuff. And we've got one uh, poster from Dr. Strangelove in here as well. Ah, nice, nice. So uh, funny enough, the guy who's uh, Jon Snow in the back, I see my man, Mr. Snow all the time. Well, that's not his real name. But he is, uh, I see him all the time at the park in Tribeca. So if you ever want to run into Jon Snow, he is always at a park in Tribeca. I won't give you the actual park, you weirdos, but he's always there. So, so you mean he's sometimes not defending against the White Walkers? No, not. He's defending against the high rent prices in Tribeca. He's there, yes. uh, you know, the New York City crazy prices. A lot of firsts today, AJ. You're in the war room. Our guest is calling from Australia. She's with us there. But also tell us about like, you know, I get a lot of people when I go to these conferences now, they're like, hey, I love your podcast, which I appreciate. And they're like, they're always like, you know, AJ loves tennis. He plays tennis. I was like, why are you so shocked? He's actually good at uh, 
at tennis, you know, and they want to hear your adventures. What, what recently happened? I saw a photo of you with this big cup in your hand. Is it a trophy? It looked like a drinking mug. Either way, I'm intrigued. Tell us about it. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we won the uh, state of Texas under 40 championships for 4-0 and 4-5, for those of you who keep tab on our tennis ratings. Uh, but yeah, so the gift is normally not anything to write home about, but this one was actually a pretty nice beer mug with engravings of uh, Texas state champions. So nice. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'll, I'll let you drink from one, two. Nice. You got, you got two of them. I, I, I know you're going to be walking around with it when I come to the office. No, uh, that doesn't December. sound like me. Now, yeah, you, it's, it's probably with you right now. And I'm sure you, you're going to have it. But that is awesome. You know, people love hearing about the tennis escapades there. And yeah, can't wait to see that. It's another trophy. Another trophy. Well, actually, that's a trophy for this, you know, people you know, you play tennis, but Strissa just won a few new trophies. I saw that uh, as far as, was that Deloitte? What's the announcement recently? Let's get that out. To the yeah, world. that's the one from today. It's the uh, Deloitte top 500. Uh, so it is 500 of the fastest uh, growing technology companies in the US. So this one's, uh, this one's a big deal. Nice. Um, it's not based on any subjective decisions. It's based on Growth rate, uh, there are some awards that you can buy, but this one you actually have to uh, earn and prove your revenue through a CPA, so. I, I like that, I love it. Yeah, those are the best kind. We, we appreciate all the accolades there, I love it. It's like, these are not the ones you can buy. These are the the real the real ones. Yeah, there's always a few where you're like, oh yeah, I feel kind of good about this, but uh, I think for the right price, anybody could have gotten this. But uh, not not this one. This one is very legitimate, backed by the Deloitte. That's awesome. Shout out to Sarista, all the great things that the company is doing. Let's get into some additional great things here. It is not often, and I've said this before in the podcast, you know, we we appreciate a lot of, you know, our, our wonderful PR agencies who reach out to us and and sometimes they don't have what we look through it and uh Every once in a while, someone really intrigues us. And this is, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the third, fourth guest in great company of, of the, you know, 125, where we were just intrigued. And I'm glad this PR agency reached out to us and introduced us to this next guest. She is calling from the future. I love that. It is like 6 a.m. there. She's, she's already been up for like three hours, apparently. It makes me feel really lazy that uh, I only wake up that early when my children wake me up and, and I'm not doing anything athletic at that time. She's already up and ready to rock and roll with us, ladies and gentlemen. She's the executive director of Nine Boxes. I really want you to you know, learn about this organization. Please welcome in Brooke Chapman. What's going on, Brooke? Hi, Vincent. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Hi, AJ. Hey, we, love, we love having you, Brooke. This is amazing. Like, you know, I always feel like I've said this to our, uh, we've had another guest who is uh, born in Australia, but now lives here. This is the true statement. I don't think I've ever met an Australian who wasn't like the most fun person at, at a party, at like a barbecue. When I go on vacation, 
there's like people from Australia in the pool. They're having a great time. I'm like, these people are amazing. And you've already, you've already proved that to me, Brooke, just from one conversation that we have. But uh, do you hear yeah, that a lot? Like, do people say like that? that? Yeah, we're so. good like that. It's the it's the sun. It's you know we like to be outside. We like to be having fun. We're energetic, and um, yeah, you know that, that. I think that's an Australian thing. We are high energy. We're enthusiastic, and we just want to rip into life. You know, so I love it. Um, great, com- great compliment though, Vincent. No, no, it absolutely absolutely true. I've yet to uh, meet someone who's not fun from Australia. But let's get into it, Brooke. You know, nine boxes. We've had a lot, you know, a lot of different companies on nine boxes. We'd love to learn more about them. So in your own words, talk to us about nine boxes, your role within the organization as well. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a director of three by three and nine boxes. Our company is three by three. Nine boxes is our product. Um, and basically, uh, we are three former CMOs of uh, large multinationals. Um, and what we saw uh, when we got together in our corporate roles, um, we saw that, you know, the, the big end of town, the enterprises, they've got strategy covered when it comes to marketing. They've got someone like us sitting there looking after it. But when we think about the SMB community, and when we talk about SMBs, that's businesses turning over anywhere between, you know, $1 million and maybe $100 million dollars. Um, there is a real lack of access to marketing strategy. And these businesses tend to get trapped in a really negative cycle where they're very tactical and they don't have strategic foundations to make the most of their marketing investments and to be successful for a long period of time and to reach their growth goals. So uh, we um, you know, looked at the problems with marketing and why SMBs have troubles engaging um, with marketing uh, at a strategic level. And we came up with our nine boxes framework to make it very clear what are the core competencies in marketing and sales. Uh, and then we, we built a framework and we built a methodology for SMBs to um, understand marketing and to be successful by really laying those strategic foundations that set you up for that tactical success. So yeah, that's a little bit about us. Nice, nice. Thank you. We're talking about Brooke Chapman, three by three, nine boxes being the product we want to get into as well and talk about. But Brooke, we'd like to go back, you know, not so far back for you, but let's go back. Tell us about how you got into marketing to begin with. How did you stumble upon this world, this field? We'd love to know. Yeah, look, I was exposed to marketing from a very young age. Um, my my father was a marketer. Um, he worked in advertising sales. And as an eight-year-old, I used to, you know, get dressed up on a Saturday morning and have a little briefcase and go into the office with him. So I think I was listening to those conversations from a really young age. But of course, I hit the teenage years and I was not going to be a marketer. I was not going to be like my dad. Uh, and I really railed against that. Uh, I became a television journalist Um, and you know, a few years into that, I realized that I didn't love it. And to be honest, I wasn't particularly great at it. (laughs) So I then sort of, you know, I, I, I went on the journey. I, um, I got into PR I then went into corporate communications. I then got into recruitment marketing and then I took on my first role as a, as a marketing manager, uh, and then moved into CMO roles and look, it's absolutely what I'm supposed to do. I love it. I love the business challenges. I love getting inside a market and figuring out how you can infiltrate it and make a difference. Um, so I had to one day, you know, make the call to my dad and ring him and say, you know what? I am a marketer. Uh, you, you, you knew me better than I knew myself. (laughs) I love it. Love that story. Can you tell us about the name Nine Boxes? What's the uh, inspiration behind the name? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, Nine Boxes, there are nine core 
as the way we see it, there are nine core um, areas of marketing and sales that you need to um, be uh, firing on to be able to get, you know, long-term sustainable growth. Um, gone are the days where um, there's a silver bullet, you know, you, you trip over a channel that makes you go viral or, you know, you, you, you get all the success and, you know, marketing is sorted. Uh, that just doesn't happen. You need to be doing a collection of the right things well over over a period of time. So we created those uh, those nine boxes in the framework, um, and that sits nicely into to three by three. Our company name. We have three directors. Uh, you know, three by three times three is nine. Uh, you know, we, we we sort of believe in a lot of that symmetry. So um, yeah, that that's how we came up with the name. Gotcha. Very interesting. Uh, and then, what are some of the industries that you work in, and what do you see kind of industries that are flourishing and which ones are struggling? Yeah, uh, look, we, we're pretty industry agnostic. Um, we've worked across most sectors, um, both in our, our corporate career and then now with the work that we're doing with SMBs. Um, we do tend to do a lot in the B2B space. So, um, and, and, you know, traditionally the, these B2B businesses can really struggle with marketing in terms of selecting the right channels and finding exactly how to, um, you know, engage with, with their customer groups. What we've seen with um, the pandemic with a lot of these B2B businesses is that they've really flourished. They've had a period of intense growth. I regularly speak to businesses that have had, you know, 20 and 25% year on growth. Some have doubled in size in a 12 month period throughout the pandemic. Um, and, and, you know, when I talk about those B2B businesses, they're manufacturers, they're wholesalers, distributors, they've got some sort of product that has just absolutely, you know, go, go, gone crazy throughout the pandemic. Um, but what we're seeing now is that the honeymoon is over um, and that, that makes marketing even more important, making sure you've got the right strategies in place, you're able to stabilise the pipeline. You know, we all know that the economy is a little bit uncertain at the moment. Um, so we are impressing upon our clients that the smart companies continue to invest in marketing through the tough times and that's how they make it through. Um, it's the companies that, you know, cut marketing budget um, that, you know, we, we're, we're worried about in, in five years' time, whether they're still going to be relevant and still going to be operating. Brooke, I want to talk about it's not every day that we have someone who's been in, you know, television journalism before on, on the podcast. So, like, just talk to us about that. You mentioned, you know, uh, kind of the path, but let's dig into that. You know, you, you went from there, um, you know, into marketing and now, but you've also worked at some, you know, larger companies and now you're at a smaller company. Just talk to us a little bit about that path there and kind of what drew you to three by three. Yeah, look, well, I think if, if I go back to, you know, leaving school and figuring out what I was going to do, um, I'm really drawn to tension. So tension and storytelling. Um, I, I, I'm attracted to problems and, um, and and how to overcome them, but then also in a way that you can tell a story, you can dig into the richness of, you know, whether it's a news story or um, whether it's a company story to, to, you know, build a brand. I really like that. So I think that's the common theme with me that I'm attracted to that tension and then overcoming that with storytelling and resonating with particular audiences. So it's probably, you know, um, wasn't that much of a departure when I think about it in those terms. Um, but what, you know, I, I think when I was, was early on in my career as a journalist, um, I, I just, what I didn't like about it was that 
you followed a story, it was it aired that night on the news and then the next day you were on something else. I like meatier problems that I can, you know, I can work with businesses now over a, over a long period of time. And then, you know, I described before, I sort of worked my way closer and closer to marketing. Um, when I was in corporate, um, I, I worked with a range of services businesses. So I was a service side marketer. And the common theme with all of them was that um, I was, was marketing services at a critical point in someone's life um, where they were, they, they had a fork in the road, you know, who was going to look after me in my old age, you know, with aged care and retirement living, um, who is going to, what lawyer is going to look after me in, you know, a, a, a litigation claim. Um, and, you know, and also, you know, disability services, who's going to look after my child with a disability. I really enjoyed that type of problem. Um, I had a fantastic corporate career, but, um, when I looked at it, I thought, I think I can make much more impact with SMBs um, because I could see this marketing gap and so could my co-directors. So, uh, you know, we decided to go for it. We, we went out on our own, which takes a lot of bravery, as, as you guys would know. Uh, we went out on our own and we decided to build our business. And um, thankfully, it's, it's going really well. And, um, and we're working with a lot of businesses who are seeing great results. And um, that's great. And, you know, you look at, you know, these past couple of years, the, the importance of SMBs, the impact that I think the pandemic has had on SMBs, uh, you know, how can we all to kind of develop better relationships with these small businesses here? I'd love to, you know, why, why where's marketing failing them? Really? Yeah, look, yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we talk about this impossible cycle. Um, SMBs, they, they get really excited because they've got some marketing budget. You know, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to go out and market in a, in a meaningful way. And they might engage with an agency or they might try and do it themselves. Um, and they jump straight to tactics without looking at strategy. So what we see a lot is that businesses understand their operating market. They have a business strategy. But then when it comes to marketing, they bypass strategy and they just go straight to tactics. They, they, they pick a channel. And they, you know, they, 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 they get busy with it. They, they run campaigns. But if you don't have those strategic foundations laid, um, it can go wrong very quickly. And when I talk about strategic foundations, it's things like understanding your market position and making sure that you've got significant white space around you in the market. Are you in a glut of, of competitors? How do you get out of that? How do you position yourself effectively? A lot of businesses aren't, small businesses aren't reviewing that regularly. Um, understanding your, your customers, doing customer insights doesn't have to be expensive, but you do need to be speaking to your customers in a meaningful way regularly to know what they want and to know that they're going to pick up what you're putting down. Um, mapping the buyer's journey and understanding the pathway to purchase for your different customer segments and then picking a channel mix to match. They're some of the foundations that we work on with businesses. And if you do that work, you're just much more um, better placed for the implementation and for the tactics to work for you and for you to get that ROI. So, you know, we're trying to get businesses out of this, this bad cycle where they jump into tactics, it doesn't, you know, work. And then they think marketing doesn't work because um, it, it does. Um, and we see it, you know, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a two-way thing, right? Sometimes these SMBs are jumping into engagements and they're not ready. They haven't done the, the, the preparation work. And agencies, um, you know, they're on a hiding to nothing because they, they, they're doing their best, but they don't have all the information uh, to, to really do the best work they can. So, you know, we've got to do better as an industry. We've got to really champion strategy and make sure that we're getting that, um, you know, across to the clients. 
Brooke, a lot of our listeners are younger professionals that are getting started. What's a marketing skill you think is important for someone to have in today's day and age in marketing? Yeah, look, I, I, I think that um, as a industry and as a discipline, marketing is so incredibly broad um, and we've become very specialised, um, which has its pros. We, you know, we, I really enjoy working with other marketers who are absolute experts in that, their field. Um, and I think that that's great. But we do need to have cognizance of good strategy. Um, and what I see with a lot of young marketers in particular is that they might be experts in digital or a particular branch of digital and they're right across their metrics and what they need to do in that space and in that, 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 that slice of the market, but they don't understand basic strategy. So I think we've all got to do better. And I think that it, it also goes back to the educational institutions. We need to be teaching strategy to marketers you know, in their degrees. Um, and I don't think that's happening, um, at, the, at least from what I've seen from recent graduates, I don't think that's happening in the way that it needs to. So I would encourage um, young marketing professionals to really engage with strategy, know what it is, uh, know how to advocate for your clients and to be able to say, you know, before we jump into this, let's take care of these issues first. Brooke is a female leader in marketing. What are some of the challenges you see women encounter in, in, in kind of rising through the marketing ranks or in general? Yeah, great question. Um, look, we've come a long way. I, I think back to, you know, my mother's generation and she could only have dreamed of having the opportunities that I've had presented to me. We, we have come a long way. But then there are moments where you just realise we've got so far still to go. I remember in my last corporate role, um, you know, I was in, at, at executive level and um, the CEO was, was giving a big resounding speech to, um, to our team and he was saying, he was talking about how we're all competitors and he spoke about himself and his previous sporting career and how he was a competitor and he wanted to win and he talked about one of my colleagues wanting to win and he was going to run an Ironman and he was training for that. And then he said, you know, and Brooke, you know, on, on, the, on the weekend, she's at the sideline of her son's soccer matches. And I thought, what a missed opportunity. He saw himself and my colleagues, my male colleagues as competitors, and he saw me as a carer of competitors. And I had to ring him afterwards and say, that, that, that was a missed opportunity there. Every woman in our business just shrugged her shoulders, you know, and, and just slumped her shoulders a bit and, and you know we can't talk that way we've got to shift the mindset and look it's just an it's just an ongoing thing but we have to have the conversations and we have to make people aware of it um, so that they can can you know adjust their behavior accordingly yeah i bet he's not up working out in the morning like you are and doing stuff like doing amazing things like you brooke come on uh you know <laughs> just on the sidelines that's crazy that is crazy brooke this is a marketing podcast, so we really do like to get into the nitty gritty on marketing. What are some channels that you have begun to use that are working, that you're experimenting with, that you could share with our listeners? Yeah, great. Well, you know, we are a B2B business um, and we are not a transactional product. You know, we are an advisory 
uh, consulting product. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not, um, some of those above the line sort of traditional channels are not going to work for us. Um, we always say we are 50% marketing, 50% education. So we utilize channels that allow us to showcase that education. Your podcast is a perfect example of that, uh, where we can have a conversation, we can showcase our expertise and talk about the way we see the world and, and, and the vision that we have for, for marketing for SMBs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're engaged in, um, you know, we do strong communications to our network. Um, also, all of our clients, we work a lot with um, advisory businesses. So we access all their clients. So making sure that we're writing white papers and articles on things that are relevant and issues that are impacting um, the end user and, and the SMBs. Um, so, you know, we're always trying to add value through education. Um, we utilize social channels a lot as well. You know, perfect channel for us to be able to offer bite-sized value-laden pieces of information that these SMB leaders can take and utilize in their businesses uh, and then determine if they want to engage with us for a broader conversation. So for us at the moment, it's really around communications, PR, social platforms, and then also strategic partnerships which for a B2B business is one of the lifeblood things that you can do is engaging with referral partners and and shoring up your pipeline through deep relationships. So that's really our strategy at the moment. I like the way you break that down, Brooke, you know, just that bite-sized pieces of marketing for a small business to consume. I like that. That's, uh, that, that simplifies it. That's great. Brooke, talk to us about, and we used to have this question, you know, uh, during the pandemic, how do you, but let's, now our question is, you know, some lessons learned after the pandemic, right? So what, what are some valuable lessons that you've learned, you know, at, at this current role, your, your prior role um, that have come out of the pandemic? Basically, every industry has changed through the pandemic. Like, I don't think, I ask this question all the time when I speak to businesses, uh, I probably speak to 20 businesses a week. And I say, how has the pandemic shifted your industry? What challenges or opportunities have come out of it? And no one has ever said to me, oh, oh nothing's happened. Um, all businesses, have, all, all industries have changed. All behaviours, a lot of behaviours have changed for customers. So if you're a business that is not reviewing how you do business, how you engage with the market and how you're positioned, you need to do that you know as a matter of priority so um you know I, th- I think really with the the lessons learned that we've got you know we're working differently um you know people are purchasing differently we need to commit to research uh, to fully understand how markets and audiences have evolved through this period so we're personally um, doing a lot of customer insights not only for our business but also for customers just to really make sure um, you know, what has changed, what has stayed the same, and um, how do we stay relevant and resonant with all of those customer segments that are important to us? Brooke, one of our staple questions here at Marketing Stir has to do with LinkedIn and the number of unsolicited messages that you probably get. Uh, so the question is, you know, what's a message that gets a response from you and what's one that really annoys you? I've probably, I, I looked at this this morning at my email, I've probably got like 25 unread messages because just the first like few words didn't grab me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, again, when you're, 
I see a lot on LinkedIn where people are just communicating from their perspective. I want to get you to do this. So I'm, I'm, I'm sending you this message. They're not thinking about what I want to be receiving and what could actually help me. And most critically, what solves a problem for me. So where I do actually open that message is where I can see in the first line, they've taken the time to look through my feed to understand what I'm trying to do. And they're solving a problem for me. They're the ones that get opened. And, you know, th this is basic you know, marketing, basic communications, um, looking at things from that perspective and, and, and meeting an unmet need. And, and Brooke, I'm always kind of surprised that LinkedIn makes it so difficult to delete messages in an easy fashion. So we all end up having that 2,500 messages you're talking about. Yeah, it's a real problem. It's, um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to manage. And I think, you know, there's there's a lot of rubbish on LinkedIn. Um, it's a great platform, but um, you know, we're we're really choosy with what we put up there because it's just you just don't want to be a part of the noise. Um, and yeah, look, I I think that there's work that needs to be done on that platform to just make it a little bit more relevant and targeted. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are uh, you a cricket fan by any chance? I am. I am actually. Um, you know, it's kind of mandatory here in Australia to be a cricket fan. Um, but I grew up in a very athletic family. Um, I never played cricket myself. But my brother did. And I've, I've been blessed with three sons. Um, so, you know, there's I'm sure that that's coming uh, where, where they play cricket. But yeah, it's such an important part of our lifestyle, particularly through the summer. I'm assuming you are AJ from the question. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up in India, I actually played cricket with the uh, former Indian captain, Amos Dhoni. So we're from the uh, same part of India. So. Oh, wow. That's a that's a that's a big, you know, connection. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, and it's not a cricketing state. So uh, he was one of the first ones that made it through. Uh, yeah. The national team, ah. you know. Yeah, right. They're uh, they're actually over here in, in Australia at the moment, the Indian cricket team. So um, we've been That's following right. some of it. Yeah, they're about to have a big <laughs> summer out here. Nice. That's awesome. I didn't. You didn't tell me that the captains from your uh, area there, AJ. I didn't know that. Apparently, you learn something new every day. Look at that. That's it. Well, that's what the marketing stir does. But you know, Brooke, other than that, you know, what do you like to do in your spare time? I, I see. If for those of you who watch us on on YouTube, not many of you do. By the way, you listen to us consume us that way. I get it. I don't, I wouldn't want to look at my face either. But if you're looking at, uh, you know, Brooke, don't think I didn't notice the home edit edition of your uh, books back there by the same color. That's a TV show on Netflix, AJ, in case you're wondering. The home edit. Is that true? Did yeah, you, that's, you, you didn't that's get a little, little it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, like, it's a little insight into how my brain works. You know, I need to be organized and ordered. My mm -hmm. husband um, just likes to mess with me every now and then and come in and just like, like move some of the books out of place and see if I notice. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, you know, really fun for me to fix that up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do like to, I do like to keep things organized and, um, you know, the, the home edit is like all of my, you know, organizing dreams come true when I watch that series. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like that too. There's like little things that I do. I like to be organized as well. My wife really likes to be organized and like what she'll do now, like she's at this phase where my, my children will come home with like an art project and if it doesn't fit with like the decor or anything, she'll like throw it out. And like my son is like, mom, where's my artwork? And I ran her out. I'm like, mom threw it out. And he's 
he's just in shambles because he just needs to benefit from the feedback you know he's got to go and write color choices you know yeah i know just uh, do do in the right order there but what do you also like to do in your spare time Uh, not just organizing yeah i'm sure you know obviously there's more that you do um so what do you like to do it's about to be summer there in uh, australia uh, very yeah, look, we're a we're a very athletic family. Um, so you know, I grew up in a family where my my siblings and I and, and my father was a very good track runner. So yeah, we grew up doing that. And then one of my sons, he's he's ten and he's a very good runner. He's actually running in the national titles um, tomorrow night for fifteen hundred meters. So that nice. takes up a lot of our time. I spend a lot of time on the side of running tracks. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's great to sort of support him in achieving his dreams. Um, I'm also really into Pilates. I had spinal surgery a couple of years ago and, um, to keep myself upright and, and healthy and strong, I, I've got to, got to do a daily Pilates session. So yeah, I just, just think it's really important, particularly when you're behind a screen all day to get out, get moving and, you know, it just does wonders for, uh, for your mindset. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. And Brooke, a closing thought anything you want to mention and also kind of where could people learn about you know three by three and the nine boxes uh product yeah great well um look we, we do have an offer for your listeners if um if anyone would like to go to our website three by three.com that's t-h-r-e-e-b-y number three.com um they can request our online benchmark so we do have um, a uh, it's a 45 question 10 minute survey that you can take you'll get a report um, and it, you'll, it allows you to take your temperature on you know the marketing in your business um, this is also interesting to marketers just to have a look at you know how you can benchmark clients um, so I'd encourage you to go to our website request the benchmark we'll send you a link uh, and you know you can see the initial start of our process and how we engage with clients um, in terms of a closing thought, um, you know, no doubt, you know, the marketers on the call would have heard this before, but John Wanamaker, that sort of turn of the century merchant and a real pioneer of marketing, you know, he, he is one of our guiding lights. You know, he says, uh, you know, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. Um, the trouble is I don't know which half. And that's really <laughs> what we're trying to avoid yeah. with our, our, our foundational, you know, marketing strategy pieces, you know, making sure that when you press go on those initiatives and you're about to spend that 50 grand, you've got a high level of confidence that it's going to be successful. So, um, you know, that, that that's just sort of the parting, parting thought, Vincent. I love, it. I love it. Very profound. That makes a total sense. You know, thanks for the offer for our listeners. Uh, that's a first. Usually people don't offer that. Like, look at that. Listeners, you know, you're getting some out of this. Uh, other than our, you know, our amazing guests and uh, the knowledge that me and AJ drop on you, maybe some entertainment, who knows, but this has been amazing. Thank you for spending some time with us. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Brooke Chapman, Executive Director, 3 by 3 Nine Boxes. That's AJ Gupta with his new trophy. He'll be drinking out of it later. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.